Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. We're starting this new series. You know, this is August. It's the eighth month. Eighth in the Bible is the number for new beginnings. New beginnings. And this is the first day of the month. So this is the first day of a new season, of a new beginning. And I think it's about moving into the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. So I'm going to encourage you. We're going to be looking uh, for the next month and the first week of September uh, of into the uh, Holy Spirit. And my good friend Steve Kelly will be with us the first Sunday in September and release a real apostolic anointing in the area of the gifts of the Spirit, bringing his... Uh, Aussie accent with him. We'll all really enjoy that. But I'd like for you to join me on a daily journey for the next 28 days. If you go to our website, you can do it now if you want, or you can do it when you get home. Go to thefathershouse.com, and if you go to thefathershouse.com, and you scroll down through there, you come down to the place where it talks about Acts 28, 28-day Bible study. And would you just hit that and say, I want to join that, so what will happen then tomorrow morning, we start that. There's room for 150 different people to respond to that. So tomorrow morning, we'll start, we'll read the devotion, and we'll read Acts chapter 1. And then for the next 28 days, we'll be looking at different chapters in Acts, a little devotional. And after you do that, then at the end, it's a time for you to say, what would you like to say? Uh, and so you can text in and encourage other people. So do that. I'd love to have 80, 90% this time as we look through that because I believe what we're going to study in looking in the book of Acts is going to be so life-changing for us. Amen? You have your Bible with you? If you do, your iPad, your iPhone, your computer, whatever you have, your eyeballs, let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we come to you today, and Lord, we're just desperate for a fresh new season of your presence and your power. Lord, we've come through uh, a troubling year, now it's lingering into another year, and we can get so worn down and so frustrated and Lord, we need a fresh anointing of your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me and you would anoint our hearing that each of us could hear what you want to say to us today. Lord, let us lay down our preconceived ideas and thoughts of how that we think it should be. And let's look and see what your word says. For you want to equip us to be all that you want us to be in the name of Jesus. A young missionary by the name of Herbert Jackson was... Uh, given a car to help in the mission work. The car was a major asset, but it had one difficulty. He couldn't start it. He had to get somebody to push him to start it or else get a jumper cable and get jumped. So he delivered a system. He would park sort of on a hill, and then it was time to start the car. He'd go to the local school, and he'd ask permission for some of the kids to come out and push the car so he could get it started. That went on for a couple of years, and he got sick, and he had to be relieved from his mission duties. And there was a young man that came to take his place. And so Jackson was telling him, said, I've got this car, but here's, here's what I've done. I've designed a plan so the car will start. 
park it on a hill, get somebody to push you, and the car will start. The young guy said, Dr. Jackson, let me just take a look. And so he popped the hood, and he looked under the hood, and he fingled around a few things, and he said, oh, the battery cable is loose. So he tightened the battery cable, got into the car, cranked it, and the car started. Imagine, for two years, Dr. Jackson had been using his own devices and endured needless trouble, and all he had to do was make sure the connection to the power source was there. So I'm saying to us today, the power to start that car was there all along. It just needed to be connected. So what about you? Do you have the power? Or you say, you know what? I'm just so tired. I'm just so worn out. I'm just so exhausted. This battle's raging on and on. I don't know if I'll ever get over this. I'm just, it's just so tired and so exhausting. Sometimes people exhaust you, right? I mean, you're feeling good like you've got it and say, oh yeah, but man, things are bad. It's, look at the news. Look at everything that's going on. Listen, we were never created as believers to just get by or to barely hang on but we were created to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus, and he sent his Holy Spirit to help us with that. So we're going to be looking at that for the next month. So when I say that we're going to start a series on the, on the Holy Spirit, there are a lot of various responses in a crowd this size, and those of you that are watching online, some of us come from different denominational backgrounds. Some of you come from no church. Some of you gloriously were a heathen and God saved you so you were never corrupted by religion. And so we have a lot of opinions when I say Holy Spirit. Uh, some of you would think, oh, finally, finally, he's going to teach on the Holy Spirit. I was wondering if we even really believe that around here. So finally, he's got around to that. Thank God he finally heard the Lord in this one series, all right? And some of you may be a little uncertain because you come from a church background where the uh, Holy Spirit was never really mentioned. You know, you know it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was never really taught on or never really even talked about. It was sort of like the weird uncle in your family that nobody ever wanted to talk about. He exists, but we don't want to talk about him. Some of you... Uh, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, you remember people that you've met that were just weird. They were weird. But listen, they would be weird without the Holy Spirit. They're just weird. Statistics say one out of three people are weird. So look to your left. Look to your right. And if nobody's weird, it's you. It's you. Some of you grew up in church where when we talked about the Holy Spirit, it was like a circus act. And you got really uncomfortable because you saw abuses because people didn't understand that God brought control into their life even though they were spirit-filled. Some of you really have no thought about the Holy Spirit. It just seems like every time you heard about the Holy Spirit, there were two types of people. Women who wore tons of makeup or women who wore no makeup at all. So I don't know where your, where your bandage point is, but I'd like for us to look upon this. Sometimes people say, well, how do you describe the Father's house? In your notes, I, I put it there. We say the Father's house is a word and a spirit church. Say that with me. The Father's house is a word and a spirit church. Now, if you've been to Growth Track, 
you would have understood that because we talk about that in growth track growth track is every first second third fourth Sunday after this service back in the growth track room and you learn in this service right this 11 o'clock service I'm still in first one I'm enjoying the first one so much but in this 11 o'clock service and very soon we're going to let you know there will be a fifth Sunday added to the growth track and it's going to be on spirit baptism and how to receive your prayer language and flow in the gifts of the spirit so that'll be on every fifth Sunday but what we're doing right now is doing a crash course in that for the rest of this month somebody asked me this week said I was inviting somebody to church and they asked me this question the father's house do they speak in tongues and handle serpents How would you answer that? If somebody asks you, Father's house, do they speak in tongues? Do they handle serpents? I don't know how you'd answer that. I always just answer, well, is it in the Bible? If it's in the Bible, I believe it, okay? All right, so just, get, just, just be cautious. Just be careful. Relax. I don't have a bag of snakes that I'm going to pull out next week, and we'll pass them along, right? So just relax. All right, I don't want you to get panicked. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you'll receive what? Power. You'll receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The word power there is the Greek word dunamis, and it's used over 120 times in the New Testament. And it means strength, capacity, ability, potency, force might capability so if you say today you know I just don't have much strength in my spiritual life well maybe you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit or you say you know I just don't feel much capability or I, I don't feel that that anything is happening I don't feel any any force in my life well then maybe we need to tap on afresh to the Holy Spirit we're not just talking about the power you can the next fill in there but the Holy Spirit is a person we never refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every time you see the word dunamis in the New Testament, listen to me, it never refers to your strength or your ability. When you see dunamis, and we're going to read about a million scriptures in a minute about the power, every time you see that, it has nothing to do with your strength or ability but it's always his power in us and through us. A Christian, a Holy Spirit doesn't make the Christian life better. The, Christ, the Holy Spirit doesn't make the Christian life better. The Holy Spirit makes the Christian life possible. Jesus instructed his church in Acts 1 and 4. I'm going to read from the message. As they met and ate meals together, he told them, Jesus told them, that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for the Father, what the Father had promised, the promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit soon. And then we see a fulfillment of that, Acts 2, 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place, Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of, heavenly, out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, 
a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, and it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they've never learned. Jesus said, I don't want you to get the cart before the horse. I don't want you to get ministry before you get empowerment. He said, I want you to wait, wait. Not my favorite thing to do. How about you? Anybody in a waiting list, a waiting room right now? But he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. We say, okay, I, I, I want to do that, but it's a, quite a distance for me to get to Jerusalem. Well, if you want to go with us, if you want to go with us in 2022, in December uh, 5th through the 14th, there's a brochure out there. We're actually going to take another trip to the Holy Land in 2022, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time. And so you could actually pray in Jerusalem. But what the Lord spoke to me this morning when I looked at it, he said, I want you to wait, tarry, wait in Jerusalem. You know what, this, you know what the word Jerusalem means? City of peace. So here's what the Lord said to me today. You don't receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in panic and in competition with a lot of other voices. He said, I want you to find your Jerusalem. Where is your Jerusalem? Where is that quiet place that you're not being affected by a lot of things? Where's that place where you turn off social media? You turn off TV. Maybe it's in your bedroom. Maybe it's in your car when you're driving to work. Maybe it's when you're walking or hiking or working out. But it's that place where you don't have other distractions. And here's what the Lord said to me this morning. When you get to that place of your Jerusalem, the place of peace, the Holy Spirit will not compete with other voices. But as you wait, as you wait, you see, involvement in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit involves time with God. Time with God. So he said, I want you to learn to wait. Now, we don't have to tarry and say, Lord, send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's already come on the day of Pentecost, and he's not going to send another Pentecost. I hear people say, oh, God, give us another Pentecost. God says, read your Bible clearly. I sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I've never taken him away. He's still there, so don't pray something like that. Now, we sang a song a minute, pour out your spirit. That's okay, because we're to be filled, refilled, and refilled. But it's not God sending it. It's already available. It's us tapping onto that source. So he said, I want you to wait until you be endued with power from on high. Now, I want to look at some examples of being connected. I, I, I was just so blown out of, out of my mind when I began looking at all these scriptures, over 120 in the New Testament alone that talks about dunamis, the power of God in our life. So I want to look at some of those this morning. You can jot them down, go back and look at them again. Luke 1 and 35, the angel Gabriel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and, the, say it with me, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned to Galilee filled, read it, with the Holy Spirit's what? Power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Luke 24, 49. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, 
but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Luke 6, 19. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. Paul saying, my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5. For when we brought you good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that we said was true, what we said was true, and you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. And then this prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 16 and verses 19 through 20. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory from his resources that you would be strengthened. The word strengthened there means to be empowered. That you would be empowered with might, here's how, through his spirit in the inner man. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Paul said, I'm praying for that power to work in you. Extraordinary power for the extraordinary task that we have ahead of us. I have here with me a nice lamp. And uh, that's crooked. Surprise, it got up here crooked because Anita looked at it, all right? Anyway. So I say, I'm going to turn this lamp on. Nothing happens. What's wrong with you, lamp? Oh, I guess what you need is just a good beating. If I, if, if I hit you hard, if I tried try harder, maybe make this thing work, I'm going to choke your neck off if you don't light on. In all the efforts I do, this, this lamp is not going to give out a light with all my abuse with all my effort, with all my grunting. You see, this light's not sitting here saying, I'm trying to light, I'm trying to light, I'm trying to light, I'm trying to light. But this lamp realizes the same thing that we do. As God created us like a light or an instrument or a vessel with spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. But this light's not gonna work without electricity, right? Now, I do know there's electricity that's coming into this building. We have lights, we have all of that. But it's one thing to know that there's electricity coming in, and there's another thing for this lamp to work. You see, there's one thing for you to realize there's power in the Holy Spirit, and there's another thing for you to connect with that. So I say, I want this, I want this light to work, so what are we gonna have to do? Well, we're gonna have to connect the power source with this lamp. <laughs> Plug it in. You see, even though it's connected, until this lamp submits to the power, there's no gifting that comes. But when I reach up here as the owner of this lamp, and, oh, 
it works. It wasn't hard. That lamp didn't try to produce. See, in the Christian church, we spend so much time trying to produce something, trying to make our light shine, trying to pray in a, in a heavenly language, or trying to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. When he says, no, what I'd like you to do is just relax, wait on me, spend some time with me, get connected with a source, and see what happens. Second Peter 1 and 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for the godly life. Romans 15 and 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I hear people say all the time, I just have no hope. I have no hope that anything's going to get any better. I don't think this COVID's going to go away. We're going to go into square one. What are we going to do about this? How are we going to do all this? I don't have any hope whatsoever. He says here, there's an element that comes when I am baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit that he brings an element of hope in my life. If you believe that today, give the Lord a hand clap and say amen. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. You say, oh, I want to be a better witness. Let the Holy Spirit in charge you for that. Oh, I, I want to do better at this. I want to be better. He said, let the Holy Spirit give you the power to produce what you really are desiring to do. So you say, well, how, what do we do? Look at the back of your notes there. The question is, how do we connect with this power? How do we receive this power? First of all, here it is. This is the fill-in. Are you ready? This is a big one. Receive Jesus. <laughs> receive Jesus. You've got to start by receiving Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowerment, baptizing in the Holy Spirit, is for believers. It's not, remember the guy in the, Old Te in the New Testament? You know, they saw him doing miracles and all of that, and he says, hey, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. They say, oh, you can't, you can't buy this. It's not for sale. It's not for sale. See, you don't earn this. You don't earn this. It's a gift of God, but it starts with when I receive Jesus. John 1 and 12 says, but as many received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How do we receive? You say, well, how do I receive? I want to receive, Terry. How do I receive? If I, I, I want to receive Jesus, first of all, as my Lord and Savior, so how do I receive him? You ever had anybody want to give you a gift? Say, here, here's a gift. And what do we say? Oh, no, you don't, you don't, you don't have to. Or they say, hey, let me buy, the, let me buy your lunch. No, man, no, it is. Wait till, wait till the bill's bigger than you can buy it. Uh, no, no I, I, I can do it myself. I'll, I'll take care of this. I don't want you to. Why do we have such a tough time of that? Because, you see, for me to receive something, I have to submit to the person that wants to give the gift. See, that's why some of us are better at giving than we are receiving. Because, you see, as long as I'm giving, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of when I give, what I give, where I give, and how much I give. 
And that's like a lot of us before we came to the Lord. Jesus, uh, we, we, somebody said, you know, Jesus died for your sins. And we said, oh, I, I got it covered. I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, life's, life's giving me good things, you know. And, uh, you know, I'll just have another drink. I'll have another this. I'll have another that. I'll have another woman. I'll have another this. I have something else. And then we get to the place where we realize, you know what? Nothing this satisfies. This sinful life that I'm living, that I brag about by my lifestyle, is really not working. And when nobody else knows in the middle of the night, I wake up with that little fearful thing. What if I'm not saved? What if I spend eternity in hell? Why? See, we've been pushing Jesus away. We will take him on our terms. I know what the Bible says, Jesus, but I'll serve you and I'll talk good about you when you fit into my box. No, Jesus says, you want to receive you have to back off and receive what I want to give by submitting your heart to me so first of all we receive Jesus second of all we receive the Holy Spirit we receive the Holy Spirit now there are several because we come from so many different backgrounds we all come with a little book of what we already know about the Holy Spirit or what we think we know right so let me share with you, there's some myths, some misunderstandings that we have often about the Holy Spirit. One of the things is that when I receive the Holy Spirit, I receive the Holy Spirit at conversion, and that's all there is. There is nothing else. Everything else has ceased. The Holy Spirit comes into my life, which is true. The Holy Spirit comes into my life at conversion. That's true. And don't miss any of these weeks for this month because I'm going to clarify that. In fact, next week I'm going to talk about that real clear of how that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ at conversion. But yet then again, Jesus baptizes us into or with the Holy Spirit. Another, sometimes the, those of others, uh, we come with this myth that uh, only those uh, uh, that we only speak in... People have only received the Spirit when they speak in tongues. Now, if you come from a classical Pentecostal background like I do, everything was geared around that. They say the initial evidence of receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is you speak in tongues. So if you don't speak in tongues, you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Scripture can't bear that out. Because there are a lot of passages in the book of Acts where they received the Holy Spirit and they didn't speak in tongues. So that happens over and over. But what happens is if you were raised in that particular background, everything was forced on you getting to the place that you would speak in tongues. And it wasn't really about receiving the fullness of he, the Holy Spirit. It was speak in tongues. So you'd say banana backwards or uh, you know, I've got a new Hyundai, Hyundai, Audi, and all of those things matched together because you were working so much on the speaking in tongues. I'm going to talk about that in this series. Another thing is, well, the Holy Spirit just scary. Terry, I'm not inviting anybody to church for this next series because this is just scary. I've been to places where you talk about these things and it just got out of hand and it was just scary. Another one, a lady said to me between services, and this was another one, she said, I thought only the super spiritual would speak in tongues. 
She said, I thought it was out of my category. She said, my husband laid his hands on me and prayed with me, and he's praying in tongues. But she said, I, I, I've always been so, so uh, uptight about it because I thought I wasn't worthy. Others say, well, the Holy Spirit's just extra. Might be good for you, Terry, but I'm not involved. I'll take everything the Lord has for me, except I, I don't ever want to pray in a spiritual language. I've just, I've just seen too many, too many things. I've been taught that that's wrong. Okay. We're going to talk about that, too. Some people say, well, I understand because the church that I went to, that the gifts of the Spirit ceased when the last apostle died. Well, if you read church history, you know, that's, you know that's not true. And then some people say, well, you know, I just wish you'd leave this alone because the Holy Spirit is divisive. It's going to divide the church. Listen, would you do this? Would you do what I've done? In my journal today, August the 8th, August 1st, 8th month 1, I'm looking at 8th. Here's what I said to the Lord. I've got it written down if you want to see it. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take all these preconceived thoughts that you have, and I'm going to ask you to do one thing for me, just one thing. I want you to just give me a blank page. And for the next four weeks, let's see what this says. Not what Uncle Billy Bob said, not what my local pastor said. Boy, so here I've got it in my notes. 8-1, I give you a blank page to write on. There is more that I don't know about Holy Spirit. I give you a blank page. I've been studying this for years. But the Lord said to me this morning, what if I want to do something so fresh and so new and so much full of revelation that you've never read it in a book anywhere, but you were willing to do that. So all I'm asking you to do is for this series, for this week, just to say, Lord, here's a blank page. I was taught against speaking in tongues. I was taught against the rain coming with a fresh Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Good one right there. What I realized and what I understand is that even though there are a lot of places in the Bible, in the book of Acts, that it says that they didn't speak in tongues, that there was always some physical evidence that they've received this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you Acts 8 and 1. But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Now, I want to look in uh, the rest of the time that we have here today of people in the book of Acts that were already a Christian, already a believer, but they were not baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit in them, and I'm going to make this very clear next week, look straight scripture for you. But yet, when the apostles came, they said to them, have you received this empowerment? So let's look at some of these. Acts 8 and 14. 
When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, if they accepted God's message, what does that mean? They were saved, right? They sent Peter and John there. Then Peter and John laid the hands, their hands on these believers, and they said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't say what evidence they had, but there must have been some evidence that they had because it said that they received. Acts 19, 1 through 7. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. They went to the same church some of you did. We've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he said. They said the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin. John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus, baptized in water, and then Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they prophesied, and there were 12 in all. It's amazing the misunderstanding that some people have about the gifts of the Spirit. And we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. The, the, the word of knowledge, prophecy, uh, the gift of giving, the gift of speaking in tongues, the grace or the gift of speaking in tongues. It's sort of like people say, well, you know, Terry, I just, I just get so nervous. I'm afraid, I'm, I'm afraid if, you know, if, I, if, I, if I receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and, and I have a prayer language that one day maybe I'll be at Publix and that prayer language will come on me and I'll go grab the microphone at Publix and just start praying in tongues over all the church, you know, because I, I won't be able to handle or control myself. That's like saying at the end of the service with the generosity buckets going out because, you know, there's called the gift of giving. You say, well, I have the gift of giving. And so you walk by the generosity bucket and the money jumps out of your pocket and just finds itself in the generosity bucket. It doesn't happen, does it? No, it happens when you write a check or you get the money out or you use a credit card. And it's the same way with any gift. It's the same way with praying in your prayer language. That is not something that just happens and then you have no control over that. The Spirit very clearly, and we'll look at that in a few, script, in a few days, in, in a few weeks, and I'll give you the Scripture, that it says that whatever gift you have is under the control of the person. Because you see, God is not in wildness. You'll say, well, yeah, but I'm just, I'm afraid something will happen. Look, would you rather have no fire or a little wildfire? I like a little wildfire, all right? You know, people say, well, what if people, what if they get out of control? Guess what? We know how to bring control. According to Acts, which, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we know that. So I'm telling you, let's don't get so paranoid that we back away from what God might want to do in our life. People say, well, I don't understand. What is this? What is this speaking in tongues or praying in tongues? I believe that it's a spirit prompted ability to pray or praise God in a heavenly dialect that may be even possibly an angelic language because it talks about the language of angels. In other words, in a new heaven and the earth, what, do you, what think language do we speak? Are, are we so egotistical as Americans that we think that in the new heaven and the new earth we'll speak English? And that we'll see Jesus and he's white like me? Yeah, there's other people think that. Jesus was pretty dark. He came from a place where most people were dark, okay? 
Thank God for darkness. That's why we, I try to get a tan. All right? Some of you look like you haven't been on the sun in a long time. What are you saying, Terry? I believe when I begin to speak in tongues, and I've done that since I've been 11, I believe the Holy Spirit personally crafts or creates a unique language that is mine to which that I can talk to God and praise him. That's why when I pray in tongues, it may sound different than you, Tim. Or when you do, it may sound different than somebody else. And you say, oh, I must have a lesser version. I need to upgrade 2.0. This is, this just, you know, I just have a few little phrases. And, you know, I've never, you say, how did you start, how did you learn a language? You started with a few phrases. And then that language developed. But if you started with a few phrases and you've never worked at spending time and communing with God in that prayer language, that's why you still have just a few little phrases that you use. But the Holy Spirit has handcrafted a dialect which you can speak to God. And guess what? The devil cannot understand when we pray in our prayer language. He cannot understand. You see, if I'm praying in English, and I say, oh, Lord, my back hurts. The devil said, I got you right there because I know he's got a back that's hurting. But when I am my time of prayer and praise and glorifying God and talking to him, in a language that the enemy doesn't understand because he's not a believer. And it's a language that's been handcrafted for me to communicate with God. The devil has to stand back or whatever demon and say, oh, shucks, there he goes again. I have no idea what he's saying. I don't even know how to attack his mind. I don't know what doubt to bring. I just know he's doing something undercover and there's power that comes out of that. Don't neglect what God wants to give you in his blessings. So my question is, are you connected to the power or are you just aware there is a power? Here's the next step. See it in your notes? I want you to ask for and expect the Holy Spirit to work in and through you. I found a real correlation between my openness and eagerness for the Spirit to work through me and for it actually happening. Are you expecting so many of us have come from a church that was full, so full of cynicism and skepticism, always trying to explain away the miracles of God, explaining away why we don't have miracles. I got to be honest with you, all right? I'm not satisfied with the level of power that I'm experiencing in my life. I don't know about you. I'm just being honest. I'm not satisfied with the level of power that I'm seeing in our church here at the Father's House. Now, if you're satisfied with your level of power and you put your two fingers together in electricity shocks, boy, I'm just saying, man, I envy you. Come and lay your hands on me. I'd like to see that. But I think the majority of us would simply say, just the sheer weariness of life has worn me down. And I really don't see myself having the power that you just read about in the book of Acts. So what I'm going to ask us to do in this series is just to come with an open blank page and say, Holy Spirit, if this is a special gift that you want to give me, I receive, and I want to be obedient and submitted to you. In honor to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, would you stand with me? We're going to spend a time of, of prayer and, and just following up with God of whatever he wants to say to us. And here's some things that I'd like to submit to you that maybe that you might want to pray about. 
Maybe you need to fan the flame in your life. You ever had a, you're creating a fire, you know, at the cabin we got a fire pit, and you got to try to get the fire going. Sometimes you have to fan the flame a little bit to get it to catch. Some of us, simply because of lack of fanning the flame, we've lost that fire and that power. Paul told Timothy this. He said, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. So for some of us today, it's going to be saying, you know what, Lord? I know a long time ago with laying on of hands or praying or whatever, I know there was a special gift, there was a special impartation. But I got to be honest, God, haven't been fanning that flame. Haven't been spending time with you. But beginning today, 8-1, I want to start something, fanning that flame. Or maybe you're here today and what you need to deal with, God, is that you've been really embarrassed and afraid of Holy Spirit. You're afraid because you've seen abuses that that's what you'll see again. And so you say, well, you know what? I'm just so uncertain. I, I, I don't want to see anything that's not, that's not real. Jesus said if we ask, we could receive. People say, well, I don't, I, I, don't want a, I don't want an unclean spirit, a demonic spirit. You know, this, it's such a tricky thing. Jesus said this, if you being an earthly father know how to give good gifts to your sons and your daughters, if they ask you for a fish, you don't give them a serpent. And if they ask you a bread, you don't give them a rock. How much more will the Holy Spirit give those, will he give to those who ask? So here's what I'm promising you. On Jesus' word, he said, if you have a sincere heart, and you say, fill me with your spirit. He says, I'll give you the right thing. Or maybe you've just been camping out in the comfort zone. This is all new and fresh. But today you want to start a new time of saying, Lord, fill me. So if you feel comfortable, as Andrea said, if you just raise your hands, I want you to pray and talk to the Lord about whatever the Lord may bring up in your life. Maybe it's been a while since you prayed in your prayer language. Maybe you never have. Maybe it's been a while since you even uh, gave, uh, was, was, felt close to the Lord. And if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart today, the scripture said that if I invite him in, if I call upon his name, I can be saved. So let's pray today. Let's pray today. If you have your prayer language, you can pray quietly right there where you are. Ask the Lord to deal with you these. But some of us today need to fan that flame this week. Some of us today need to recapture that hunger that we have. We are so involved in our job, in our work, in everything that's going on that we have neglected fanning the flame of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Father, I come to you today, and I pray that if there's one person here, one person that's listening, and they've never invited you into their heart and into their life, Life. Lord, I pray right now that they will call upon you because you said if we call upon you, we could be saved. Now, Lord, I pray right now for those of us that are standing here that you would give us a fresh hunger, a fresh hunger, a fresh hunger for your word, a fresh hunger for your power. Lord, fill us afresh, maybe some for the very first time. Lord, allow us to give you a blank sheet of paper in the next weeks and say, Lord, 
Show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.